Welcome to Greycast, exploring the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. This podcast is all about bringing the classic world of Greyhawk setting to life through Greyhawk creators, Greyhawk lore, Greyhawk streamers, Greyhawk stories, and of course the vibrant Greyhawk community of gamers. Thank you for tuning in and let the exploration of Dungeons & Dragons' most classic and revered setting, the world of Greyhawk, begin now. Hey, welcome fellow Greyhawkians. It's Wiley Hobbit and Mateus, and we are up to our elbowses in deities and things on this here episode of Greycast. Last time around, we talked about the first four deities on our list. And I'm not even going to bother trying to recall from memory what those were, because it doesn't matter. You've already listened to them, but we're going to do the next four on the list. So welcome aboard and glad to have you. Mateus, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Ready Excellent. to ready to crack out some deities here. All right. Well, let's keep this thing going. And we this is a project we have bound ourselves to see through to the end. I know we're on probably three or four different tangents with the podcast, which I think is fine. Uh, it's kind of like an adventure, right? Um, you know, we're we're working our way uh, slowly through various regions and lore and locations. We've talked to numerous creators, uh, community members, but this deities thing, we definitely want to see this thing through because there's just so much good gaming stuff that you can take from this and apply right at your table. So that's uh, plus it's just cool. I mean, who doesn't love? deities and lore so um this time around we're going to be talking about erythnal first uh erythnal is the next on the list and mateus is up so tell us a little bit about erythnal erythnal the many the, a god of hate and envy malice panic ugliness lovely slaughter lovely. chaotic evil or chaotic neutral but chaotic Me before my coffee Yep, that's that's right. Um, he is um, an Iridian god. Mm. Um, he is the undisciplined counterpart to Hextor, uh, and and LGG says he he kind of likely came before, and that worship of Erythno declined as worship of Hextor. Oh, okay grows um okay. because it seems that um it, he it, it, this is um because he uh, just of his sheer brutality and they the chaotic nature of of his worship um whereas hextor i think tends to be a bit more orderly in his slaughter. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely an organized slaughter and in fact we're gonna um talk a little bit about hextor um, a little bit later in the episode, so we'll get to that. Good, It'd be a good uh, compare and contrast. So this guy's this guy's pretty gruesome looking. He he's got um, ruddy reddish skin, 
uh, red garments. He's got a just think muscular, muscular build. Um, think um, he he his weapon of choice, by the way, is a great stone mace that's uh, that is pierced to cause fear, um, a fear-inducing shriek when he swings it. So it's the sh- a shrieking, uh, a shrieking mace. Um, his symbol stone by mace. Way, I mean, it just sounds painful. Oh, the ouchy. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So so and, and um, his his symbol, by the way, is is a guess what? It's red. <laughs> there you go. A red. Who knew? Who knew? Um, red blood drop or a hideous mask. So you know, it, it's. Do you get the idea? Red blood. Yeah, um, the mask. It, um, yeah. So sometimes, what when he's when when Arithmel's in battle, um, sometimes he appear his face appears or his features appear like a human. Other times, a knoll or a bugbear, an ogre or a troll, um, um, and and that's why he's called the many. Um, so he uses this mace, this morning star, um, and that, um he the point of of him is he delights in in panic and slaughter um his his skin is red and 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 he's got also got bloody uh, oozes from his pores um in his in his features his face can change from a human to a knoll to a bugbear an ogre so so are his worshippers demi-humans then or yeah, his his worshippers. Um, he does have human uh, worshippers. He has, uh, especially in the civilized lands, that would be um, evil fighters, barbarians, rogues, sure. small small criminal cults. In savage lands, you guessed it, he's going to be worshipped by gnolls and bugbears, ogre, ogres, and trolls. Mm. Uh, and um, the idea here is bloodshed for its own sake is good. Um, to destroy anyone or anything, anything that for that um, brings bloodshed and, and furthers that is um, is what they look for. Yeah, uh, it's cruel. It's sadistic. It's hateful. Uh, they foment rebellion and murder and riots when they're in civilized um, areas. They lead troops of bandits and raiders and non-humans. They commit murder um, when they grow bored. Uh, these are uh, the clerics will commit murder when they grow bored. They deface oh, beautiful things. Um, they disfigure attractive people. I mean, the amount of of um, sounds like the the absolute essence of chaotic evil. That's right. Um, they aren't even above betraying their own allies um, just for a slaughter. In fact, yeah. um, places of slaughter actually become holy sites if if, mm. a, if a place um so so um so this is a, a capricious mal, uh, uh dreadful uh religion and, and half of these things that we just said are are the are perfect for um any one of those things is a perfect um um what's it called uh adventure hook it's game juice as we call it um, it, it's stuff that can fuel your game. Do you need uh, an enemy? Well, just use some followers of Arithmel. Um, because they're pretty. They're pretty much 
easy to dislike. (laughs) So here's their, here's their creed taken from the LGG here. Destroy anyone who would take what is yours away from you. Covet that which you do not own. Blessed is he who can take something from a rival. Maim those you cannot destroy and cause fear in the hearts of those you cannot maim. Bloodshed for its own sake is reason enough. And if you can if you can shed blood of, of a hated enemy, so much the better. When Arithno's gift of blood rage comes upon you, be sure to use it well. Man. So that's crazy. That that's uh that makes for a great campaign villain. Yeah, talk about a ready-made antagonist. Golly. And and interesting that you'd have your choice to represent your ethnol amongst humans or demi-human kind. But- you know, gnolls could be a band of gnolls or a, a tribe of orcs. Pillaging and so forth. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you can have, um, you can have, I can easily see having some erythnol, a cult of erythnol taking place in in the the ruins of a derelict castle, which was upon which a great slaughter had taken place. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is like, maybe the locals are trying to clean the place out or, or make it you know, cleanse it or make it into some holy site of remembrance in all at once this group of erythnal uh, followers descends upon the place and kills them. Yeah. Or, or it could have been a, um, a site where uh, several hundred years ago, a great battle was fought and, and there was a great slaughter. And now the ruins are inhabited by erythnolites and, and they use that as their base to strike out from there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they, and their, their clerics gain, gain power because this is a site of a, a great yeah, slaughter. There's some energy or something. Maybe a, you could homebrew a spell or two, yep. or perhaps a relic um, that they've come to retrieve from the site. That'll grant them this erythnol gift of blood rage um yeah you could get pretty creative with that so uh, and really piss off the pcs that's (laughs) you know if you got a bunch of do-gooder hero types um you know if there's a paladin in your midst oh i by the way i love his realm his realm is called the citadel of slaughter (laughs) (laughs) you're scaring me a little bit with that sadistic laugh there oh man no this no this is the this is um it it makes for a great, um, great um, deity that with tons of i the, the the entry has tons of i gives you tons of ideas on how and where to use cults of erythno in your game. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty, just scary. Because no, you know the only it's bloodlust. It's pure. Bloodlust, destruction, and hatred for the sake of destruction and hatred. And, and um, the 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 mask, the symbol, the mask of Erythno, this grotesque-looking bugbear, troll-looking thing. Well, the clergy they wear those stylized masks. Mm. Uh, you know, red, you can just you know uh, start. You can start the campaign where you know. 
the murder happened and the only thing anybody saw was a hooded figure with a grotesque looking red mask on you know and there's there's your level one you start yeah. on start on into it and you start down a rabbit hole to a good adventure oh yeah i like it i like it urethanol and you said urethanol is iridian yeah iridian, yeah, yeah. is iridian yep so that means um, you're thinking about where where would I'm just thinking off the top of my head where would worship of um, Erythnol be? Well, you could have them anywhere where the Iridians are. So just yeah, just just look on your LGG and um, all the demigods. Yep, that's Gosh, right. the bone it, march. Holy smokes! Oh yeah, this uh, I, I I imagine Erythnol. Hextor takes a little bit higher, but I think Erythnol would would there would definitely be cults of cults of um erythno all around the bone march especially mm-hmm. hide bandits um hiding out in, in places of great slaughter during the the mm-hmm. invasion in the 60s 560s so yeah absolutely very cool so erythno anything else on erythno no that's that, that's all i did not know a thing about erythno when before this conversation and, and now you're probably going to use them in a game. Yep. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what, what do you got for us? So I've got uh, the next one on the list is Farlongan. Um, is he, is which, he Irish? He's not. It looks a lot like a Gaelic or or Celtic or Scots name or maybe Farfic Nugan. Um, if you're a, if you're a child of the '90s, early '90s. Um, I had a t-shirt. Remember it was a stick figure. It was like the, it was this weird vibe that Volkswagen, it's a German word that means something cool apparently for Volkswagen. Right. But then they came out with all those t-shirts with the stick figures doing that. And I had one called far from puking and he had two beers, one in each hand for very prophetic uh, as it turns out. Okay. So far longer, the dweller on the horizon or the dweller on the far horizon. Um, there's no uh, cultural tie for Farlongan. Um, I think I'm going to assume Iridian because he's the brother of the Iridian god Celestian that you talked about earlier. So I'm going to just go ahead and make that connection. Um, he's tied to Atroa. Uh, that is rumored to be his lover. But uh, Farlongan is the god of horizons, distance, travel, and roads. So he appears, and there's a great image of Farlongan on the greyhawkonline.com, the Greyhawk wiki, uh, the image actually comes from the Deities and Demigods 3rd edition, 2002, illustrated by Matt Cavada. And it's the an older bronze-skinned man with long, white, flowing hair as he trudges forward in his sort of earth-tone uh, tunic that's all bound with leather ties and a, and a vest with his holy symbol, which is a disc with the sort of the curve of the horizon and then another curve, almost like a sliver moon with the hooks down. Um, and uh, it uh, it's just him and his walking stick, and, and he walks and wanders. Um, he's the patron of those who walk or travel long distances, including, which is interesting, um, those who are in tunnels, dungeons, or particularly praised by those who must travel mountain passes or the underdark. So apparently Farlangan is is well known and, and worshipped 
um, by those who travel the Underdark. I wouldn't say necessarily those who inhabit the Underdark, um, but for those of us surface dwellers who must from time to time ply our wares uh, in the uh, depths of of the Flannes into the Underdark, uh, they call upon the the wisdom and the guidance of Ferlongan. Um, he's a pretty popular deity with those who lead caravans or uh, scout for armies, let's say, um, or uh, do like surveying, things of that nature um, also. Typically uh, to see him, and this is interesting, he's one of the few deities who actually appears on the prime material plane. That's where he spends most of his time wandering about. Um, literally, um, this is one who literally practices what he preaches. He wanders the world, the orth in person, um, and his uh, petitioners, who his followers who pass to the next life, often linger and wait for him at crossroads and places of um, meeting and, and strange oases. Um, and they try, you know, their their spirit resides in those locations, waiting to encounter uh, Farlangan as he wanders the roads. And interestingly enough, he will stop and chat, although he may be quite unremarkable, dressed in, um, you know, leather, unbleached linens, uh, travel stained, but but never dirty, just travel stained. Um, but he's he's not going to chat with you for long because he presses onward the road. The journey calls to him. And so while he's friendly enough, um, he won't stand and talk long. He will not tarry long. Um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about, um, what does it say here? His appearance also, he appears an elderly man. His skin is wrinkled and weathered, but his green eyes uh, sparkle with life. Kind of makes me think a little bit of Tolkien's uh, Bombadil, um, just a little bit. Um so his dogma is pretty simple, right? He just, he insists that people travel to discover and learn new things. So his kind of creed is uh, written in the uh, Living Greyhound Gazetteer. People need to move about and see new things. Be open to travel as the world may change overnight and you may be in need of a new home or perspective. Look to the horizon for inspiration. The far end of the world has new peoples, new cultures, new magic, and page turn, new roads to walk. Uh, the church, his worshipers, um, they call them uh, clerics of the dweller. And they appear in two um, sets of uh, raiments or uh, garb. Um, the clerics, uh, the, the walkers, I believe they call them. I've got it somewhere and I've got a couple of resources open here. Um uh, wandering clerics, they typically wear green and they minister to those on the roads. The uh, settled clerics typically wear brown and they're usually older clerics whose wandering days uh, have come and gone. And they're probably more likely to be maybe in a small uh, urban, uh, you know, just a small little shrine um, because temples are not a thing for uh, for Farlangan and his clergy. Uh, the road, they believe, is the best teacher. Um, and so they take to the road. The clerics in green, clerics of the dweller, travel you know, from the horizon, horizon to horizon, encountering people, learning, teaching. Um, and in fact, young clerics are often uh, trained, the initiates are trained in the way of Farlangan by taking uh, long, long trips. And if they ask when the journey is over, or will be over, they're dismissed. 
because the faithful of Furlongan know that the journey never really ends. Um, I think they're most found, most active, according to the uh, Greyhawk Online, uh, in the central and southwestern Flanes. Um, again, the urban priests uh, maintain maybe a very small chapel or a shrine in a city or town, whereas the wanderers or the pastoral clerics uh, in green uh, spend their time uh, wandering. Um, interesting. There's a, a thing they they have a ritual called the eternal pilgrimage. And after they spend an entire year preparing themselves by walking outdoors for eight hours a day, a worshiper of Farlongan may elect to undergo the eternal pilgrimage. Talk about an adventure hook. Hey, man, I'm picturing like a hippie or something, right? By modern standard. Hey, man, I want to go out west. It's the summer of love, dude. I want to go to the San Francisco. <laughs> hey, Ashbury, my dude, let's roll. Let's just walk. Yeah, we could do it. Um. But they take this eternal pilgrimage. There's no set time limit. There's really even no direction or no length. Again, the dogma is to be out traveling, learning, never staying in one place uh, for very long. Um, the eternal pilgrimage lasts as long as the pilgrim feels is appropriate. So this is a very, <laughs> you know, kind of a called to do kind of spontaneous faith. Um, but the pilgrim must only travel by walking and they cannot visit the same location more than once a day. You'll find if you encounter a, uh, a pilgrim or a follower of Farlongan, they will always share their fire, their food with you. They'll share their wares, their wisdom. Um, and in fact, many times the wisdom from a follower or priest of uh, Farlongan comes in the form of a almost like a, a Christian uh, parable, usually a tale about an older, wiser uh, person and a young person who's trying to cross a river is usually the example they give most frequently. And um, they'll use that sort of context to, to teach a lesson. Um, but prayers, um, again, are usually these stories, these parables, anecdotes. They usually take place outside, um, especially uh, taught beneath a sunny sky with the horizon uh, in view, maybe behind the storyteller to really set the, the tone. Interesting note I saw also in, in all the resources that we used here, LGG, uh, Greyhawk Online, even the box set, although that's pretty limited in detail. And then the 2002 deities and demigods all mention the fact that the faithful of Farlangan always go to other deities to bless their births, their marriages, and their dead. <laughs> I, I wonder because those are three states of of permanency, right? That's, and these yeah. are are wanderers. They're they're pilgrims by their very existence, uh, neutral to neutral good. Um, usually bards and clerics most frequently. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, there's an interesting thing I saw too. Um, bandits who may uh, take advantage of the pilgrim's friendly reputation by posing as one of them typically will vanish. And the only trace of them will be bloodstained robes hanging from a noose by the side of the road as evidence of the vengeance of the faithful. <laughs> it says in the, the resource. I love that. I am reminded of that song that Tolkien wrote and, and, and greatest adventure. Yeah. Gandalf, um, Gandalf and Bilbo sing it in the extended edition of the movie. Uh, the road goes ever on and on out from the door yes. where it began. And I must follow if I can. <laughs> it's in the, it's in the Rankin Bass road goes ever, ever on. Oh man. I love it. 
yeah. took me back, dude. Yeah, that is great. I love Tolkien's writing. I love that's the I'm just a, a wily hobbit. That's where that all comes from. So um interesting collection of relics. The main one being the Orth disc is this magic item that uh, Farlongan possesses and carries with him six inches in diameter, made of many kinds of wood inlaid with turquoise and and, and jade. Uh, there's a bright amber gemstone. Um, by concentrating on this artifact, Farlongan can produce a tiny image of any location on the prime material plane. He can teleport to this place after viewing it for a round. The disc can also shoot burning golden rays, which can illuminate blind or burn. Very, very handy magic item. Also, the uh, rapier of unerring direction. Um, and in fact, this magic item has been copied numerous times by his higher level priests. This sword can pierce hidden, incorporeal, displaced, or quickly teleporting creatures. He's also got a fancy walking stick. And if you need to buy a good pair of shoes that are going to last you, find yourself a cleric of Farlongan because they are purported to make some of the finest uh, footwear in all the land across the Flannes and in fact, across the Orth itself. And so that's Farlongan. And man, talk about the easiest dude to hook an adventure. Any stranger you meet upon the road, any wayfaring preacher uh, a party runs into an issue and, and a priest of Furlongan happens along to help them yeah um yeah or or even the robes you find the blood-stained robes of a deceased bandit who is impersonating you know a priest of Furlongan you know your job <laughs> is to investigate you know that kind of thing um I have this idea that you know, you'd have a party and and one of them would be a worshiper of Forlongan and, and you, the party will go out of a building and then try need to go back to it the same day. And the person and, and that PC just says, no, I'm not going back I can't. in there. We have to go forward. I'll be have, waiting for you on the edge of town. I'll go back in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tarry. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. They work uh, interesting too. They scouts for armies. They bless caravans, explore lands. They record lore on distant places and people. So they're, you know, that's where the bard really comes in. You know, I could see them as being uh, transmitters of, of culture and language. In fact, they're known um, as translators and diplomats because they learn languages and cultures in their travels. Um, some of them also aid in the construction of roadways, uh, bridges, uh, things of that nature. So it's a really cool, I had never heard of Furlongan until we, we decided to embark on this little journey through the deities and demigods and, uh, and pretty, and, pretty cool. And, and, and honestly, that's why we're doing this. This is as much yeah. for us as it is for, oh, yeah. and if we get, if we get a detail wrong or, or whatever, if we we're, we're, you know, the canon, if the lore lawyers come after us, well, we, we, we plead the fifth. That's right. <laughs> but think about if you decide to play a follower of Furlongan, talk about true neutral. Um, and what an interesting dynamic that'll add to the party. Like you said, uh, oh, we've been there. You know, we're going to, I have to go now. Pressing forward, you know, constantly pushing the party to to not linger and to explore. And uh, I could see that creating some really fun uh, RP moments. I can see a scout of um, Furlongan using um, like, a, like maybe a, uh, a bird of some sort, maybe a, uh, an owl or a, a hawk or something, or a homing pigeon, and the the the, and so because he can't go back, he'll write a little note 
put mm-hmm. it on the put it on the bird, send the bird back to whoever he's with, so that he can always move forward. And uh, you know, yep, could have a ranger. The ranger would be a great class for this. Oh, absolutely, as a follower, yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, ranger, yeah, ranger and bard. That those are the two yep. that, that. Yep, absolutely. Very cool. All right. So, and they also um, one other thing that that jumped out at me is they absolutely like slavery uh, imprisonment is an absolute aberration to them. Uh, freedom is what uh, matters most. Um, and it's the basis for their dogma. So they are ardent, ardent opposers of, of uh, slavery, trafficking, things of that nature. Yeah. Cool. So far long. Farlongan. So that I think that brings us to, and I just want to say the word and then you can take it from there, but Hieronius. I just like saying the word Hieronius. Uh, and well, probably one of the more well-known deities. I would just in my experience with Greyhawk, um, I, I see this is probably a top five yeah. uh deity worshipped by PCs in you know DD parties. So tell us about good old Hieronius. Now, Hieron- the next two, Hieronius and Hextor, are both our brothers. Yeah. So yep. so this is um, one of the few times where the lore calls out an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, to start us off, it's actually interesting that Hieronius is, and Hextor are, are modeled after, uh, uh, Hieronius is modeled after Achilles, and um, Hextor is, is modeled after Hector from the Iliad. Um hmm. So, um, though, though, he- imagine Hector com- uh, completely um, evil and, and, and Achilles completely good. Um, so that, it just, that, that's, uh, that was a, a kind of a creative origins on where this comes. But Heronius is also called the Invincible, the Valorous Knight, the Arch Paladin, or Arch Paladin, depending on your enunciation anyway he's the god of chivalry justice honor war daring valor think stereotypical medieval knight yeah yeah paladin town here we come yeah paladin town here we come absolutely um he is um an iridian god uh, of battle a champion of everything that, that is good and right um he wages war against evil of all types and, and especially against his half-brother uh, and nemesis, Hextor, as we said. Um, he's tall. He's got coppery skin. He's got auburn hair, auburn eyes. He wears chain, a fine, uh, wears fine chain mail. Um, at his birth, this is important, at his birth, Hieronius's skin was imbued with a secret solution called Mirsalm, and that protects him from like all of the most powerful weapons think of achilles being uh dipped into the river Styx. Sim- mm. similar mm. idea he's impervious to a lot of things um he he's known for a big battle axe um his symbol is um his symbol is a, a, a guy a hand holding a giant lightning bolt um appears uh, prominently on the the coat of arms for the uh, the county of neural by the way just uh, mm. um um so yeah so key things to understand here chivalry justice um uh that kind of thing um the world honor 
honor. Right. Your word. Your word is your bond. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The world is a dangerous pace and your job is to go out there and fight for justice, protect the weak, the innocent in the face of, uh, you know, never ending challenges, um, that kind of thing. Um, they have a, a code actually. Um, and that code, um, sees their three sets of duties. You have duties towards other people and that stresses courage, justice, mercy, valor, protect the weak, faithfulness to the church of Heronius and, and, and the officers of righteous law, uh, duties towards, uh, the arch paladin, which is Heronius himself, um, obedience, devotion, generosity, championing good against evil, putting the needs of, of the church and faith above, um, those of mortals. And then duties to ladies, uh, think of these are the, this is the old, uh, idea of courtly love, devotion mm. to one's beloved, um, respect towards women in general. Um, so this is, uh, this is where you can go 200% full, you know, medieval knights and honor. And, and if you want to have a, um, you know, an, an Arthurian, style hmm. campaign or character this this is the place to insert them the, the church of uh heronius um his little creed um oh so by the way this 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 appeals to um this appeals um to to a lot of soldiers you can imagine a lot of oh, soldiers yeah. in the armies yep. are going to hold hold to hold to this um here's the the creed of heronius the world is a dangerous place that poses a never-ending series of challenges to those who fight for justice and protection of the weak and innocent. One must act honorably at all times and uphold the virtues of justice and chivalry in word and deed. Danger must be faced with certainty and calm, and glory is the reward for defeating evil, while virtue is the reward for upholding the tenets of Heronius. So you can imagine their their church is very militaristic, um, lots of crusades. Um, uh, the clerics travel the world. They fight evil, and they fight evil sometimes where the church directs. So here here you are. You got a bunch of uh, people who are worshippers of Heronius. Well, they get a a or even not. Uh, the tr- you can have representatives of the church come, approach the party. We need this evil to be outrooted, to be to be stamped out. Are you? Can you guys do this for us? Uh, we need brave warriors who are. You know, they can be a um, what do you call those? A patron. They the Church of Heronius can be a great patron in your campaign to um, to push forward your stories uh, mm-hmm. that you want to tell. Um, their clerics um, sometimes take mere psalm and um, rub it on themselves to make sure that they get the benefits of it. Um, though huh, um, some haven't survived the process of being slathered in mere psalm, so it, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous um, pro, um, thing. Uh, uh, Heronius's realm is called the Field of Glory. <laughs> makes sense uh, makes sense absolutely um they have a book of scriptures which is their their code 
um, code in the Book of Penitence. Um, um, the priestly vestments, as you can imagine, are chainmail, <laughs> blue robes, and, and silver trim. Uh, there are large numbers of paladins in um, uh, of Heronius because Heronius is a paladin. And this is what I would say probably the stereotypical paladin. Um, because um, because um, Heronius is a Ridian, uh, there's a large number of military orders throughout the Flannus, um, some of which uh, go back to the Great Kingdom. Um, um, and um, those um, orders might have her, uh, worshippers of Heronius in them. Um, for example, uh, the Knights of the Holy Shielding probably has um oh yeah you know they're, they're going to be a big group of heronian uh uh heronian knights um so th there's um you have lots of lots of that throughout there um their temples and chapels are going to be spread all throughout the flannus uh, uh heronius is the the state religion of nyrond and the shield lands um and um he, he he's very strong in Bissell and Ferriundi, Grand March, Iron Gate, Strike, Keyland, the County of Ernst. I mean, this is one of the uh, this is one of the major deities of of of, of Greyhawk, um, and we can see why. Um, temples tend to be decorated in silver and blue. Um, often have scenes of Heronius, you know, triumphant and stained glass. Um, you think think of battle hymns and and these kinds of things, um, and that's that's Heronius, very uh, very usable god, um, very medieval um, in <laughs> in flavor, um, very um, knight in shining armor, um, here to save the damsel in distress and defeat the the evil guy uh kind of feel to the religion i think there's a ample hooks game juice if you will um i mean the obvious mission um you you could have a, a knight of heronius that's gone um off the rails and needs to be reined in and found and nobody here is you know man or woman enough to do it i mean you could you know you could you could have because knights are a little bit of a challenge to deal with because they're rather inflexible <laughs> yes they're not budging from their dogma their creed their orders um so you could have all kind of fun all manner of fun you could position a knight of heronius in a position of authority that is a thorn in the side of the party who may be trying to accomplish something that, right. that kind of backs into the church of heronius um that could be fun Yep, that's right. And if um, on page seventy three of that three uh, e deities and demigods from two thousand two, they have a, a full page spread of the temple of Heronius, what it looks mm -hmm. like, um, just a stereotypical one. And you can look at it; it looks like a fortress, looks like a keep. Yeah, standard keep. Yep, standard keep looking fair. Um, so so that's um, um, yeah, that that's pretty pretty good. And there's good artwork. Uh, beneath that of Heronius and Hextor uh, doing battle. Yeah, that's right. Because um, um, as we'll hear a moment from about Hextor, um, 
you can have rivalry between Heronius and Hexdorites. Um, that can um, you can use that because her, uh, clerics of Heronius or paladins of Heronius are going to oppose clerics and paladins of Hextor. Oh yeah, wherever they can. Um, if Hexdorites are involved, it's like they're. <laughs> you know divine duty to to stop them <laughs> so um uh, i i would imagine her uh heronius and uh Arithnil are, are also um also dreadfully opposed because yep. um so of, of those things that we um we can see that that war against all sorts of evil is, is going to be uh just a good stereotypical adventuring god absolutely standard yeah lawful good warrior that's right knight, law balance all of that okay so let's uh you know juxtaposed against heronius is his half brother uh oridian again um hextor the herald of hell scourge scourge of battle champion of evil where heronius is lawful good hextor is lawful evil hextor is the oridian god of war discord massacres conflict fitness okay <laughs> and tyranny and we'll get to that fitness piece in a minute uh, the holy symbol is um a black spiked gauntlet grasping six arrows and the arrows are kind of spread out in a fan um so that the tips and the 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 uh fletching is not overlapping uh, as far as the description is concerned, and this is pretty wild right here. Half-brothers, uh, okay. Uh, so Hextor is often depicted as a hideous, gray-skinned, six-armed humanoid. Has huge, two huge, large tusks jutting from its lower jaw. Wears uh, armor, looks to be uh, maybe splint or banded. Uh, there's also some chain in there. And that armor is adorned with skulls, uh, holy symbols um, with the gauntlet and the arrows. Um, but six arms and the, the head of this thing is, is rather orcish, um, a mouth full of hideous teeth. Um, he wields a weapon in each hand again with these six arms. So a spiked flail, a battle axe, a battle pick, a long sword, a mace and a falchion. However, his other form, he does take the form of an athletic young male with dark hair and light skin, probably sort of the visual opposite. Uh, you know, Heronius has got this shock of long, you know, uh, Fabio flowing <laughs> hair, you know, with the chiseled and, and Hextor in his human form. And that's where the God of fitness, uh, oftentimes when he's representing the part of his portfolio concerned with fitness, he takes the uh, form of this, this very fetching, Athletic, young, fit, male, dark hair, light skin. Here's what's interesting, right? Half-brother, sworn enemy of Heronius, the son of stern Aaliyah. Um, Hextor has a long-standing rivalry with Eurythnal, from whom Hextor took the portfolio of war. Hextor's doing war, Hextor's way. There's order, there's there's hierarchy, uh, there's definitely destruction, Um domination versus 
just kill for killing's sake. Uh, but get the list of enemies. Here we go. Long-standing enmities with the following. Al-Akbar, Alatur, Dilieb, Elona, Farlangan, Halal, and Kabulos, Joy D, Kord, Karel, Lurg, Mayahane, <laughs> Obad Hai, Pelor, Foltis, Rao, Rudd, St. Cuthbert, and the dragon goddess Tamara, Tritherian, Vaden, Zagig, and Zodel. However, Hextor saves his animosity. I think this is how we get to the root of this, this rivalry, this sibling rivalry. His uh, animosity he saves for his mother, Aliyah, who failed to anoint him with the mere psalm that provided Heronius with his invulnerability. Hextor has largely exterminated his mother's church in Medigea. Um. He can be allies with the following. Not always, doesn't always work. I'm sure, you know, no honor among thieves, right? Beltar, Brahm, Kius, Nerul, Wastri, and Weejas. He's kind of got an understanding with the Lords of the Nine and the Orc and the Goblin Pantheons. I think they probably work hand in hand for mutual good purpose or bad purpose. Um, and his priests will work hand in hand with the shamans of Bagtru, Grumish, Kurgorbayag, Ilnevel, Maglubiet, and Nomag Gaya. And do you, do you remember do you remember who the head of the Church of Hextor is in the Flannis? Grace no. Grenell of the North Province That's North right. Kingdom. Oh, I'm so he's, embarrassed. I've heard that. Yeah, head. I've read that. He's yeah. the head of it. Yes. So um, the Great Northern Kingdom um has temples. Uh, in fact, uh, is it East Fair? Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Temples. I saw it. Yeah, it's in East Fair. Um, the Cathedral of Hextor lies at the heart of uh, Grinnell's palace, the Cist, in East Fair. Uh, the imposing cathedral features statues of airy warriors and superb stained glass windows, frises, and murals featuring scenes of historic battles of Iridians against orcs, goblins, the Flan, and just about everyone else. Undead guardians are placed throughout the building. And the Orcish leaders of Grinnell's Orcish allies are very rarely ever allowed in there. Yeah. Um, rituals. A lot of chanting, wind instruments, sounding discordant notes. So fifth grade band woodwind sectional <laughs> rehearsals <laughs> with some violins, uh, sax and violins, if you will. Just let that breathe for a minute. Uh, lots of shouts and screams, iron weapons striking against solid objects, typical oaths and battles, strength and victory, mercies for the weak, death to the unworthy. Let me share with you from the LGG, the dogma. This really gets right to the proverbial meat of the sandwich. I got to scroll back down to it. Pardon me while I find myself. Here we go. Okay. The deity of tyranny. Where is it? Oh, it's in the LGG. I'm looking in the wrong place. Silly, silly hobbit. Okay, here we are. The world is a dark and bloody place where the strong rule the weak and power is the only reward. It is often necessary to be cruel and merciless in the pursuit of one's goals. And achieving those goals can have harsh consequences. Order must be forged out of chaos and law out of anarchy. The forces of tyranny must be obeyed and dissenters must be oppressed or destroyed. Many of his temples are built on the sites of great battles where many were slaughtered. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. But his difference is oppression, uh, obeying, domination, and if they still don't come along, then you destroy them. Yeah, that's right. And there's hierarchy and law and and process. Um, his clerics are are trained in the art of war, uh, strategery, uh, weapon use, martial tactics. Um, and his his temples and churches are um, are not hidden. They're they're out in plain sight. Um, and many are his followers. Uh, as as anybody who's familiar with Greyhawk, uh, you know, one of the things that that Gygax wanted to make clear about how he viewed Greyhawk and, and Orth is it's not a place where good always wins. Mm -hmm. um, and Hextor is a large um, force behind which evil triumphs from time to time. Um, so destruction, war, law, evil, his main weapon is the flail. And again, his icon, I love this, the symbol of hate and discord. Six red arrows facing downward in a fan. So just think about betrayal is on the table, uh, deceit, um, cutthroat, uh, boy, you name it. Um, and the church um, has its origins back to the church armies of the great kingdom. So some of the orders that worship inside of the Church of Hextor, the Company of the Twin Shields, the Order of the Six Severed Hands, and the Grey Knights of the Great Skull. And there's also um, a, a collection of Hextorian fighting monks, um, the Brotherhood of the Grey Hand. Um, and they're, they're dedicated to the preservation of Iridian culture and the destruction of the Heronian monks called the Order of the Glory Everlasting. So what a cool juxtaposition, right? The, the right. big knight in shining armor, literally. And then you have this an antithesis uh, bent on his destruction. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. The, no, and I think one of the, one of the big things that we want to incur, which, um, this is one of the, which this encourages me to, to talk about is that here we have an actual bit of mythology given to us with uh, the, with um, the mother dipping Hieronius uh, in the mere Psalm, but, but we don't get a lot of this kind of right. story, backstory, backstory yeah. with a lot of the other gods or right. they just kind of are. They just kind of are. And and so I wanted to recommend a few resources on where, how can DMs start thinking about stories, uh, about mythologies. And now I just want to recommend some actual real world mythology. <laughs> just grab a, grab a mythology book. I'm going to recommend two. Um, and then I'm going to recommend two other resources. Well, one resource and, and something else. Um, the first is the classic um, Edith Hamilton mythology. That's what it's called. Um, many editions. It, it was published in, in 42. It might even be public domain by now. Um, but right now I'm looking, um, I have a copy and you can get illustrated copies and it, it's got um, your Greek gods, your Norse gods, that kind of thing. Um, just read over the mythology stories and get a sense on how the people used to do this. Also, um, Neil Gaiman, uh, Gaiman, 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 Gaiman. I think it's um, Gaiman. 
um, he wrote a book called Norse mythology. You know, here's a, fan, a popular fantasy author um, doing a book on Norse mythology, uh, high, highly rated. Um, so, you know, grab a book on mythology, read um, about how these stories worked in our world, uh, and then start crafting your own. Um, some example of fantasy mythologies, you can read the Silmarillion with Tolkien. Mm. Read the Silmarillion, see how he does it. Um, you can also check out the crazy mythology, and it's big in Forgotten Realms, and mm. adopt and adopt what you want from there. Um, yeah. But gosh, the Dragonlance books you could, or the Dragonlance books, yeah, right? Gosh, yeah. Uh, um, Talk about a great picture of a knight, Sturm, Brightblade, Order um, of the Rose, right? Is that am yeah. I getting that right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and what you can do is is just start with a couple deities in your campaign and, and start working the backstory between them. And as you need them, in, introduce more stories and, and just kind of build your mythology mm-hmm. um, out as your campaign or as your campaigns uh, grow. At least that, that's that's my suggestion. I'll, I'll give you one example of what I, I've done. Forgotten Realms has an overgod, which I think is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. An, an overgod, uh-oh, he is the the creator of that world well i'm borrowing him for 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 orth there's an over god he's created everything and then he he creates everything sets these sets the greyhawk gods to rule the place and then he buggers off and he goes and does something else maybe he's off there making new worlds and he doesn't get involved he doesn't get he doesn't give people um spells or anything um but if 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 the gods of Greyhawk start threatening the the Orth itself, then he might get involved to make sure that thing. But as long as the Orth itself is still running, he he, he kind of doesn't doesn't get involved. And in, mm. and in and in my campaign, there's a few small um, some some groups of elves worship him. There's some some uh, some scholars in some of the universities like in Greyhawk and maybe some other the big cities of some small people who who it's more philosophical than anything else um kind of neoplatonic if you're thinking about the real world um um and i mean that so that's what i've done in my campaign yeah. as, as a beginning what you can do in your campaign you can but that would be my suggestion. Grab some real world mythology, works on mythology, mm-hmm. take take a read, some fantasy mythology from other settings, and, and then start start you can start taking these gods and writing stories of them and they can that can impact your 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 yeah. world. Yeah. I love it. Let it inspire what you want to do. And I, I still I always like to come back to Greyhawk online. Um if you want to research and there's not actually a lot of information. Um, about the various deities, some more than others. Um, but for adventure hooks purposes, um, trying to think about if you're going to create a character and you have a desire to, to worship a particular deity or you're not sure which, um, greyhawkonline.com um, is a great resource. Also, the the Living Greyhawk Gazetteer is, is excellent as well. Um, so yeah, if you think about uh, wrapping up here with, with Hextor, um, his whole thing is the strong rule of the weak power is the only reward worth having uh, cruelty and mercilessness are necessary tools. And therein lies some of the differences between he and Eurythnal. Um, order must be forged from chaos law from anarchy. Um, 
but order is meaningless without the will to enforce it. So there's that iron fisted tyrant um, grip, you know, tyrants are be to are to be obeyed. Dissenters are to be oppressed or killed. And the last line there, slaves must obey their masters. And there's the rub with Furlongan um, right there. So um, there there's absolute gold mine of ideas that you can pull just out of the dogma of the church of Hextor. Um, and again, the, um, the fact that it has its roots in the great kingdom uh, is a great place to, to encounter um, priests or warriors of Hextor. Um, so, yeah. So that's Hextor. So there's four more deities that we've uh, kind of laid at your feet. Hopefully you've gotten some inspiration from our uh, discussion on this particular episode. Um, I've got the Appendix B in the Player's Guide open, Mateus, so we'll get our homework assignments for next time. Um, we finished with Hextor. Next comes Cord. So you're going to take uh, Cord, God of Athletics and Sport. Um, I'm going to stay in the darkness for a while, and I'm going to take Incabulos. God of plague and famine. I'm so cheery. Try to do that one around the holidays. Um, of course, I've had some holidays where I felt like we were maybe entreating the dogmas of Incabulos at uh, dinner. Um, but that's another story. Um, for you, then, next will be Istis, goddess of fate and destiny. And then Ayuz comes next. We're going to save him for his very own special uh, treatment. So following Ayuz is Nerul. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right or Nero, God of death. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay fully in the darkness um, for the next episodes. You may need to keep an eye on me, Mateus. Don't let me lose myself okay. uh, down the, down the well of Hextor and Cabulos and Nero. <laughs> and just remember if once you start down the dark path forever, will it dominate your destiny? There you go. Okay. Enough of that. All right. So um, that'll be next time then. Um, Cord, Incabulos, Istis, and Neural. Uh, the hits just keep coming. That'll put us about, give or take, about halfway, maybe a little beyond halfway through the, the list. Um, but what a cool, as they say in Canada, what a cool project. Um, what, a, what, a, what a cool project, eh? Project, eh? Take off, you hoser. All right. Well, that's probably enough out of us for one uh, episode. Uh, Mateus, I hope you're having at least half as much fun with this as I am. Oh, yes. This is great. Um, and it just uh, gives me all kinds of cool and fun ideas for for games and characters. Uh, you know, this isn't just a DM's benefit only. Uh, if you're going to play, you know, you like to play a, a character who has a distinct faith. Um, there's a lot to work with um, in the deities of Greyhawk. So until next time, uh, Mateus, it's been a pleasure have fun all right be nice out there uh be kind be safe and we'll talk to you very very soon you've been listening to the Greycast podcast where we explore the world of greyhawk one podcast at a time mateus and i are excited to share our passion for the world of greyhawk with each of you we'll drop episodes every other monday featuring all things greyhawk Please refer us to all your cool, nerdy, Greyhawkian friends and allies, even your most hated enemies at the gate. You can find our podcast on Spotify, and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at Greycast576, to keep up with Greycast. Until next time, remember... It's a dangerous business going out your door. 
you step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to.